You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. We coming at you live, not really, from the Vivid Seats studios. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first time, customers only. Something to think about if y'all are heading to a game sometime this season. Just saying. So yes, today is 53 day, and um, the Packers did help me out quite a bit. I, uh... Submitted a rough draft, and they responded by cutting Reggie Gilbert, so thank you for that edit. Now, to be fair, this um, this did not take very long. I've, I've done these in the past, and it's just a lot of back and forth, and, and the biggest reason why is, like I alluded to yesterday, usually the process for me is I go through this, I list everybody, and um, it I, I end up with about 10 too many guys, and i got to go back and really try to whittle this thing down. I ended up with 54, and really the only reason I got to 54 is because I added somebody on here that I was like, I don't know if I really want this guy or not. I added him, I went down, I got 54, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll just take that guy off. Boom, 53. And I kind of went back and looked at it, but I I just thought, you know, I don't want to overthink it and go back and kind of mess with it. So I I left it, and I did try to color code it. Um, The color coding is a little bit wonky. And there's a lot, you know, th- I, I spent more time trying to figure out what color the person should be than anything else because there's so many people that are kind of on the border. Plus, the, the color coding is weird. So, here's what I came up with. Dark green is 100%. Green is not exactly 100%, but basically pretty close to 100%. They're, they're as close to a lock as you can get. I would be beyond shocked, jaw hit the floor if they got cut. Yellow would be, you know, not earth-shattering, but it would be kind of big news. It would be, you know, I would be willing to kind of do breaking news podcast kind of a thing on my cell phone at work if something crazy happened, even though I'm not going to be at work. I'm going to be down in Indiana with no uh, with no internet, so that'll be fun. Hello, Journey Alarm Clock. Get out of my face. Orange is, I'm above 50%, but I don't know. And then red is just kind of, I'm eh, not so sure about it. It it makes sense, and I'm going to put him on my 53, but, I, I, you know, I don't know. So how's that for a color coding system? That You got that? Scientific right there. And again, there's so many people that it's like, you know, I, I'm above 50% on this person technically, but of course I'm above 50%. I, everybody on here is above 50% because they're on my 53. So it is what it is. I'll go through the color coding as we go through the list, but... Um, Again, it's it's an ascientific situation here. Um, and I think that's it. I'll try to keep in the back of my mind things I'm hoping for in this here preseason game coming up. And also, we're going to be doing a live edit because uh, at Reggie Gilbert is gone. We got a seventh-round pick for Mr. Reggie Gilbert. And um, I think that's pretty good. I mean, I, I, I always want... You know what? Why don't, we, why don't we take a break first before I get into fun, exciting things? And before we take a break, let me once again remind you of the draft NFL season-long tournament, paying out $3.5 million in cash prizes. Top prize is $1 million. It's kind of fun for me trying to map out a way in which uh, which I can retire from my job job and do stuff like this full-time and, and, you know, whatever. And as unrealistic as it is, $1 million, I tell you what, I'd be having a long conversation with the wife, that's for sure. Maybe spend about a half hour daydreaming about what a million dollars could do for you before you make a final decision on this. But anyways, it's a very simple snake draft. No trades, no waiver wires. You don't have to set your lineup. You just do your draft, and then after the week is done, draft will go back and look at the highest performing players that you had. Those are the points you're going to get. That's what best ball is. And for a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit. But you got to use promo code Packernet. That's one free shot at a million bucks by using promo code Packernet when you make your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code Packernet. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so my thoughts on Reggie Gilbert, it's one of those situations where this time of the year you start looking at bubble players as being extremely valuable, right? We, we start wanting to fight to the death for guys like Darius Shepard and Alan Lazard. Excuse me, Lazard. Lazard. And then as the season goes on, you don't really even think about these guys unless and until there's a ton of injuries, in which case we're just in a lot of trouble. And yes, for the record, I did put Reggie Gilbert on. Essentially, in my mind, so, so the way I color-coded this was Smith, Smith, and Gary are dark green. In other words, zero chance that any of these guys are cut or traded. It just doesn't make any sense. Gary's a first-round pick. Smith and Smith, we just paid a ton of money for. Zero percent chance. Fackrell is light green, which is to say he's he's definitely on the team. He's not 100 percent. You know, I could see a situation in which he's traded, although, you know, it's, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. But th- there are situations. And then really, it's there's a, a drop-off to Gilbert, who I put as orange, not yellow, but orange, which is to say I'm above 50%, but I don't feel super great about it. And the reason is, I, I don't think Gilbert is a fantastic, I don't think he's really that good of a player. I, I like Reggie Gilbert. I was super excited when he came over, I think from Atlanta. I still remember there was this guy who had the most sacks of anybody in the preseason, and I was just over the moon about that. I couldn't believe it. This guy, oh, he has so many sacks, and then he comes here and he's got a billion sacks, and it's like, oh, this guy is the greatest person ever. And in the regular season, he doesn't do very much. And really, the the biggest reason Gilbert is on is because I don't like the idea of having four pass rushers. Now, a lot of people on Twitter are saying, well, maybe we'll just stick with four. I'm just not comfortable with that especially when we consider we're going to have essentially three of these guys on the field at the same time. That leaves us basically one one guy in the rotation. A, a four-man rotation in essentially three positions is, you know, two and a half positions. It's just, it's not enough depth for me. But the question really becomes, are, are we doing four pass rushers or are we going to add somebody else? So that means I have to do two things real quick. I have to understand the precedent for four pass rushers. In other words, uh, how often does this happen? Is this a thing the Packers have done or will do? And then secondly, if if they want to keep five, if the intention is five, and you're going to trade Reggie Gilbert, the reason you're doing it is because you know somebody has taken his place and you're going to move on from him and you want to see if you're going to recoup some value. That's essentially what this whole process is. They know who they're cutting, with the exception of a few people. Of the people that they're cutting, there are a few that maybe have some value and they're going to try to shop them. There's probably a few more that they're trying to. They just were able to get someone to bite on this and we got a seventh for it. I'm sure there are several others that have, you know, they're making calls about. And then the third thing that I would be interested in is, is kind of looking at it and seeing if there was anything that I could have seen that maybe could have told me Reggie Gilbert was in trouble. The first thing that did stand out to me, to be completely honest, I haven't really mentioned it, but this is true of a lot of people on our team right now is the fact that he's not doing what he always did, and that is dominate the preseason. This is not what Reggie Gilbert typically does. This is usually when he dominates, and he's not even dominating now, which isn't super great. But again, there are a lot of people who are usually... I have higher expectations for that have not really come through, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're gone, but I don't know. The fact that he was a starter last year kind of led me to believe that there was a good chance he was going to make it. But anyways, let's start with the precedent, and if you look at 2018, um, and the tough thing about our lads is it's not very specific. They do one month at a time. Well, if you go back to um, if you go back to their September 1st roster, the problem is you've still got 90 people. They haven't done the cutdown yet. And then if you go to October, you, I mean, you've already got injuries and things and whatever, so it's not exactly the way that it exactly happened after the cutdown. 
And I could look at the cut down from last year, but that's going to take a lot more work because I plan on going back to 2017, 2016, et cetera, et cetera. But, but in October of last year, we only had four. Clay Matthews and Nick Perry were the primary. Kyler Fackrell and Reggie Gilbert were the backups. Now, again, this is a little bit different in that the alignment is going to be different where you got some of these guys that are that are down. So it's not going to be we, we have two primary guys that are going to play all the time and then two backups in case anything happens. And, and I, I suppose there's always going to be a rotation because Clay Matthews needs some help and whatever. It's just there's always going to be a little bit, but it just felt different. This feels more like a, a legitimate rotation where some guys are going to be on more, but it's, it's just we're going to rotate a lot. And again, we've got some of these guys like Zadarius who are going to be playing inside. I'm guessing Rashawn is going to be inside at times, which means we'll have three on at a time. So it, it still feels a little bit different, but I don't know. You know, again, the the 53-man cutdown is difficult, and if they really want to force somebody on, we've seen a precedent where the Packers have used only four. Now, the other question would be, at in 2018, who was the other option, right? Who are we going to put on here behind Reggie Gilbert that's good enough that we're going to, you know, cut somebody else? There really wasn't anybody else. You know, what, Kendall Donerson? No, he's we're not starting him. Um, in October of 2017, we had five. It was uh, Clay Matthews. Uh, we had, um, man, this order is all messed up. Nick Perry, Kyler Fackrell, and then Chris Odom and Ahmad Brooks. Just doing this exercise is making me feel so happy about our pass rushers, by the way. Granted, Clay was better a couple years ago, but um, Nick Perry was not. Kyler Fackrell definitely was not. Chris Odom, actually, you know what? I lied. Chris Odom is the guy that had a ton of sacks, not Reggie Gilbert. Chris Odom was a guy I was excited about. Anyways, and then Ahmad Brooks, who I was never really excited about, that didn't do all that much. Although, in this group, he was about as good as anybody else. Uh, The year before that, 2016, there was Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, Julius Peppers, Dayton Jones, J. Roan Elliott, and Kyler Fackrell for a grand total of six pass rushers. We'll go back one more year, 2015, Julius Peppers, Nick Perry, Mike Neal, Andy Malumba, and J. Roan Elliott, this was when Clay Matthews was an inside linebacker, but even moving Clay to the inside, we had five pass rushers. So last year, we had four, but I really think that had to do with a lack of talent. And as you can see, the Packers did everything they could to bolster it, which I think, you know, you you could easily argue that bolstering the pass rushers, going out and, and paying two and drafting one, wasn't just about talent, it was about depth. So I'm, I'm actually going to stick with the idea that four is not a healthy number, and the Packers have no desire or intention to do four. And I, and I, we, we are more than capable of keeping five with Reggie Gilbert being a fifth. So I think this is more a play of we're adding somebody else that isn't Reggie Gilbert. The biggest problem, however, is who, because there isn't a whole lot of talent behind him. Right? Everything makes sense until you look at, okay, pick a guy. And if I'm looking at um, the preseason so far, and, the, you know, the preseason del- doesn't tell us everything, but if I'm just looking at pass rushers, um, unfortunately, you got to scroll down quite a bit before you get to our edge rushers. Number seven, Rashawn Gary, or actually Preston Smith is our best pass rusher. They have him listed as a linebacker. But Rashawn Gary is the, the best pass rusher of our entire group, listed as an edge rusher. After that, Zadarius Smith. After that is Reggie Gilbert. Then you got to go down to number 12 is Kyler Fackrell. Then you got to go all the way down to number 17 is Ramsey, Randy Ramsey, who is a below average pass rusher, although he does have two total pressures, including one sack. But that is on 57 pass rush attempts, which is about a 5% pass rush rate, which is abysmal. Granted, nobody's doing great right now, but still, I'm not looking at 5% going, eh, it's not bad, man. 5% is you're getting cut. In the regular season, if you're getting 5%, that's, that is straight trash. If you're a nose tackle getting 5%, you need to up your game. Overall, Randy Ramsey is being graded out at a 47.8, which is uh, not below average. It's bad. The only edge rusher on the team who is getting a good grade is Zedarius Smith. He's graded out as the 8th best defender on the team. The next highest edge rusher on the entire team is ranked number 20 overall, Rashawn Gary. The edge rushers have been basically the, the least impressive of the entire defense. The next highest edge rusher after Rashawn Gary is number 23 out of 36, by the way. 56.6 overall grade, because not one other than Zadarius Smith is, is even average. Well, that's not true. Again, Preston, who is listed as a linebacker, was a 62. But it's Mr. Marcus Jones. Who's that? I don't know, but that's who it is. After that is Reggie Gilbert, who is gone. 
then Kyler Fackrell, who was 27th, then Randy Ramsey, who is 31st out of 36. So this becomes problematic, because I don't want to put any of these guys on my list of edge rushers. Now, there was some talk that maybe Kingsley Kiki could get kicked outside on occasion as maybe a defensive end, you know, in, in a nickel when you got four down linemen. That could kind of help a little bit. Maybe some of these big boys are going to be playing some defensive end. In that situation, maybe we're okay with it. So th- this is sort of the problem. It, it feels like this is a move for five, but maybe they feel good enough about the four they've got. I don't know. Just just looking at what has been done so far, I would be a little bit surprised if Randy Ramsey's the guy. I, I want to say there's going to be five. I just can't do it. I can't put one of these guys on here. So essentially what I'm going to do, and I am doing this live because news broke yesterday and I didn't update my uh, my 53. I'm going to take them off and add somebody. So we're going to have a 52-man roster. We'll go through it. We'll talk about it. And then it's going to be a matter of, all right, who are we adding? And I know how to play the crowd. We're going to add a wide receiver, but we'll see how it goes. So right off the bat, we're looking at the quarterbacks. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a 100% lock. And then after that, it was an orange, which, again, is kind of above 50%. But, eh, I went with Tim Boyle and no Kaiser. Now, the hardest part is what do you do with Kaiser? If, if Kaiser is not on the list, and, and here's the other thing, this isn't 100% either a what I think the team is going to do or what I would do. It's somewhat of a blend, to be completely honest. Because if I was 100% doing what I think the team is going to do, this would be a much harder decision than it is. Um, if, if I'm doing what I would do, it would probably be a relatively easy decision on Boyle. So maybe for quarterback, this is a little bit more what I would do, but there are definitely decisions down the line that I'm looking at and saying I think this is what the team is is leaning toward. So don't get too hung up on that. It's just a 53. Let's just move on. I do the exact same thing with mock drafts. It's always going to be a blend of what the team likes to do, but also what I think makes sense, and it's just that's just what it is. But this is what it is. I, I'm going to do two quarterbacks. The only reason I'm doing two is that I just don't have any desire for three. I don't want to use up a roster. I don't even want two. I just need two. You have to have two, so we're going to bring two. But I, I don't see this as a situation where I'm going to cut somebody, and that's what we always have to have in the back of our mind is somebody needs to get cut. For everybody that you want to add, we got to cut somebody. Now, with, with, Mr., uh, with Mr. Gilbert gone, we can add Kaiser if we so choose. But again, why? Now, ideally, they're working the phones trying to get some kind of compensation for them. And to be honest, the fact that there hasn't been any, well, I, who knows? The fact that he's still on the team now is is kind of, although maybe it's just not a final decision. I don't know. Either way, that's what I went with is Rodgers and Boyle and no other quarterbacks. For wide receivers, this isn't going to make a ton of people happy, but I kind of talked about it yesterday. Um, at a minimum, is going to be five. Absolute maximum would be seven. Six is a little bit more comfortable. However, again, 21 personnel is two wide receivers. Um, it's going to be a little bit more run heavy. It's going to be more tight end centric. Meaning, compared to what we've done in the past with 75 wide receivers on the 53-man roster, I think it's less important to have that much depth at wide receiver. In other words, we're going to have a lot of people just sitting on the bench in case somebody gets hurt, maybe coming in once in a while if we have six or seven wide receivers. If you have a three-man you know, rotation, it's, it's, it's much different than, than two wide receivers primarily. So I went with Adams, Marquez, Geronimo, Kumaro, and Davis. And Shepard and Lazar did not make the squad. I did not do a practice squad. Um, just whatever. And and something that I saw, and I didn't actually listen to the message, so I, I basically just read what Google Translate had to say. So I hope I'm not completely butchering this. But somebody did um, send me a message asking for me to clarify. The, the one thing that is important to remember, and I've, I've, I, I probably should say this, in order for somebody to get plucked off of our practice squad, they have to get added to the active roster. That is to say, if we're thinking, well, I'm worried Darius Shepard is going to get picked up, that's a valid concern. But also keep in mind, this needs to be a team that is so hurting for wide receivers that they're willing to take a shot at, at, at Darius Shepard, not just on their team, but on their active roster. And if you look at an active roster and how hard it is to do a 53, to take a shot, and that that also may have something to do with why... You see a lot of guys that are talented but but have some growth that aren't quite ready, that aren't you know 100% game speed and all that stuff. Why these are easier to put on the practice squad because they're less likely to get picked up because they're just not ready. 
especially if they haven't spent any time with your team. They haven't learned your system. They're not ready to be in the NFL. You know, it's just it's hard for a team to take that much of a shot on somebody like a Darius Shepard. So it, it is probably safe to say that he's not going to get picked up. Same with, with Alan Lazard, to be completely honest. He's been in the league a little bit longer. But to put him on your active roster, is a it's a pretty big move. Now, there are other people that I think you could safely say will get put immediately on an active roster, but Alan Lazard and Darius Shepard, probably not. I mean, just because, you know, what have we seen from Shepard? Some really solid preseason action, but it is a bold move to, to assume that that's good enough to throw the guy on there, at, you know, again, on your active roster. So that's what we've got so far with this most recent cut that is definitely an option to, to add a wide receiver, but we're going to leave it for now. Tight end, as I alluded to before, um, we're going to go a little bit heavier tight end. Essentially, I've got four, and um, it, it's kind of because I just want four. You know, the, the, if you look at the tight ends, although LaFleur wasn't 100% in control of that, they had a good, he- healthy amount. I mean, I, I went through their tight ends and how talented they were, and by the end of the season, there were like six that had played. Obviously, injuries and everything factor into that, but to have four on the roster wouldn't be all that surprising. So it's not obviously very shocking who the four are. It's Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanyan, and Jay Sternberger. Now, as far as color coding, and I'll go back to wide receiver for a second, Jimmy Graham, Robert Tanyan, Jay Sternberger are light green, and Lewis is yellow, which is to say I'm pretty sure Jimmy Graham, Robert Tanyan, and, and Jay Sternberger I'm, I'm fairly confident in. Robert Tanyan has been very impressive. He's maybe the most uh, safe player that we have. Right now, Jay Sternberger was just drafted, so you know the, the only reason he's not going to get cut, but maybe they would take a shot on put you know maybe try to put him on practice squad, but that's super dangerous. He would probably get plucked. So again, that's about ninety nine percent. It's just not it. He's not Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers, so that's why it's light green. And Jimmy Graham, I put light green just because I I, I really just think the Packers like him a lot. If this again, if this was a hundred percent just what would I do, he would not be light green. He would be orange because I'd be shopping him like a madman. But it, it, it's it's very evident to me that Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, um, Brian Gutekunst, they love Jimmy Graham and they're very excited about Jimmy Graham. And they feel that he's a, a critical piece to what this offense is looking to do. So I, I just think he's very, very safe. Lewis is more of the kind of, meh. All right? In other words, again, yellow is, I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to be on the team. And it would be kind of, it would be very, in other words, it would be very noteworthy if he got cut, but it wouldn't be the most earth-shattering thing in the world. And I guess you could say that about Jimmy Graham as well, but again, the color coding is not an exact science. Um, as far as color coding for the wide receivers, not super surprising, but dark green is Adams, he's not going anywhere. Light green, which is not 100%, but all pretty close, is Marquez and Geronimo. And then at yellow, it would be Kumaro and Davis, which again is to say, I'm, I'm very confident in it and it would be pretty shocking but it's it's not it's it's very far from a certainty it would be shocking but you could see a path you could see a scenario in which Kumaro you know we love Kumaro but maybe the Packers don't love him as much or Davis you know maybe it is just one of those 50-50 things between him and Shepard Shepard won you know I, I you can see a situation in which that happens although it would be pretty big news um, running back, similar to tight end, I did the exact same thing, but for a couple reasons. I, I went with four running backs, and um, not only is it because it's you know important, it's an important position in this offense, but again, Aaron Jones seems to have some injury issues, and we're not super confident with anybody that we have, so we just kind of need a lot of guys. And um, I went with, not super surprisingly, Aaron Jones, Jamal and Dexter, and then Trey Carson. As far as color coding, Aaron Jones is a 100% lock. Now, you could argue he's not 100%, but I'm, I'm fairly confident that we're at 100%. I mean, for you really can't. I mean, I'm, I'm again, it's, it's kind of like if, if you want to get super, super technical, it's not 100%. You know, it's not 100% that if I walk into a wall, I won't go through it. That's that's technically science. But you know 100% that if I walk into a wall, it's not gonna, I'm not going to go through it. I'm going to smack right into it. There are some crazy, wild scenarios that I could see, especially with all the injuries, or a trade scenario possibly with Aaron Jones, but it would have to be for another running back because there's no way. But it's 100%, all right? Just leave it alone. There were no light greens. I I think Jamal Williams, I just went straight to yellow. 
In other words, it would be pretty shocking, but you could kind of see it because I don't know how he fits in the offense. They're trying to trade for, for running backs and all this stuff. Dexter, we just drafted, and we need running backs, but it doesn't seem like he's doing all that well. And Carson, I just went to straight to red. He is our first red player in that, you know, it's it's he's there just because I need another player, but I, I just, outside of that, there's no real reason that I have Carson on that. Maybe that's a better description of red. I want a fourth. He seems to be number four on the list, but I just I don't think Trey Carson is a guy that I would want on the team otherwise. At uh, fullback Danny Vitale, which which is actually really exciting because I've mentioned this a several times, se- a several times. No, probably not. Several times I've mentioned this, but Danny Vitale was one of those guys that got picked up just as one of those. We've got another spot. Grab somebody that's just floating around out there, right? We don't. We're not at ninety. Go grab somebody. Or this I think was in season. So it was, it was just we need to pick somebody up, and we, and we just picked up Danny Vitale. You know, it was one of those things where you look at it and go, okay, this isn't going to amount to anything. He's some undrafted free agent guy. Nobody cares, whatever. The guy's a dark green, right? In other words, he's he's a lock, 100%. They're not getting rid of Danny Vitale. He's already he's a massive part of this new offense. That's really, really cool. Ma- major kudos to Brian Gutekunst for doing this. You know, it, it just goes to his whole philosophy, which I'm sure most GMs do this, but just just constantly going out and grabbing as many people as possible, right? It, again, it's a numbers game. You, you, if it's 1 in 50 that ends up being a great player out of these undrafted free agents that are just floating and have been on different teams or whatever, then you better get to work, right? Cut this guy, grab that guy. As soon as you realize somebody's not working out, this isn't going to be a thing, make 100% sure so you don't miss out on that 1 in 50. But once you're sure, get rid of him, grab another one. And Danny Vitale was one of those guys. Now, I don't know the extent of Danny Vitale's injury. It's possible we actually add another fullback onto this list. Um, you know, whether we put him on, on IR or whatever the situation is, we're, either way we're going to end up carrying him. I, we're not going to, you know, take him out for the season. And for all I know, he's going to start week one. Um, so I'm probably just going to leave that. I'm not going to add a fullback because that's just no fun. But that could be a consideration if we absolutely need a fullback on the roster and he's not available week one, guess what? We're adding a fullback. But anyways, uh, moving on to offensive line. And this is this gets kind of wonky just because the, the exact position designation isn't 100%, right? The starting positions we know, but, um, you know, the backup, some of these guys are, are tackle slash guard. Some of them are guard slash center. Some of them are tackle slash guard slash centers. But I, I basically just stuck with the R lads standard and left it at that. But at tackle, I've got David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga, obviously dark green. After that, I go straight to red. In other words, I don't know. I'm not 100% confident with these guys at all. But this is what I went with. And I, I, I took Alex Light because I think he's done a good job. And I, I stuck with Yash Nijman. Now, he's a great candidate, I think, for the practice squad. I think he's a guy that probably isn't going to get picked up because nobody's going to throw him directly on their active roster. Um, but I, I just I really think he's done a good job. And um, so at the very least, if he's not going to make it, he should be a practice squad guy because he's been phenomenal. But I'm just going to go ahead and and add him to the list. Add guard, kind of a wonky thing because number one on the list is Lane Taylor. After that is Elton Jenkins and then Billy Turner, although that shouldn't be the exact order. And then after that, I did go with with Justin McRae. Um, I think, again, he's as a backup, I actually do like Justin McRae. I think he's very versatile. I like what he, he gives the offense. I think as far as backups go, unless Lane Taylor gets designated as a backup, he becomes my favorite backup on this team. Just because as much as he's kind of a nightmare as a starter, if if if, if things go south, he's one of those guys that you can at least say, all right, he's, he's capable enough that things aren't going to completely implode for us. Now, if he has to play tackle, we're in trouble. But if he has to slide in at guard for, for a, a little bit of time, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident about it. Um Light green is going to be Lane Taylor, which again is is odd because at at this point in time, it's about 55% in my mind he is going to be the starter week one, but it's it's not 100% that he's on the team, right? I mean, if if you do keep McCray as a backup and Jenkins and Turner are there and, and, you know, Lane Taylor is maybe doesn't want to be a backup and you can maybe get some value value for him, I I, I think he's going to be on the team as a backup, but again, it's not 100%. Um, Jenkins and Turner, however, are 100%. A second-round draft pick and a guy we paid a ton of money to are not going anywhere. So those are my four guards, Lane Taylor, Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner, and Justin McRae. And then at center, Corey Lindsley obviously is dark green, and I went with Cole Madison. I don't really know 100%. He's another guy that I think could be a practice squad candidate. 
as far as who a backup center would be outside of Matt, and I know Cole Madison's been terrible as a backup center, but I'm not sure Justin McCray can do it. Obviously, Elton Jenkins can, but if he's going to be a guard, we're kind of at a situation where we don't have a backup center. I don't Again, I don't think McCray can do it. I don't remember. But it would be a good opportunity for Cole Madison because if Cole Madison could be that guy who rotates on the interior along with McCray, some people think even Madison could slide outside. I, I don't know. I also think there's definitely some opportunity for, for some of these guys to get cut. Um, again, if we took Yash off this list and just went with Light, McCray, Jenkins, and Madison as our backups, I think that's sufficient. But again, I just went through and added everybody I liked and ended up with 54 and cut somebody and it wasn't alignment. I think we've got enough. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about tweaking it, but there's really nobody I want to add, especially as we're, we're cutting guys now. But anyways, let's let's take a break, and then we'll move on to defense, and then we'll try to find somebody else to add here. Bire de Bic. All right, so on the defense, for the defensive line, it really just comes down to how many we're keeping. I have five. Um, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Montrevious Adams, Kingsley Kiki, and Tyler Lancaster. Um, basically, they're all green. Uh, dark green was Lowry and Clark because Lowry just got a big contract, and Clark is obviously Clark. Adams, Kiki, and Lancaster are all, are all light green, but they're very close to basically 99%. It's not like 85% where some of these guys with the light green where I could definitely see a situation. Montravius is essentially number three. Kingsley Kiki was just drafted and, and shows a lot of promise. And Tyler Lancaster has been a very, very good player who also is a, a body type and a style of player that basically he, he owns that position. He is the big-bodied nose tackle. I know Kenny Clark is a nose tackle, but... Tyler Lancaster is just that eat-up double blocks, I'm not going to be a good pass rusher, but I'm going to absolutely dominate against the run kind of player that we just don't have elsewhere. Again, Kenny Clark can do it, but he can do everything. It's not his primary um, skill set. It's just to be a, a big, large gap sucker. And I do think there's a, a bit of a drop-off after that. We can consider adding another defensive tackle if we so choose. And again, if we wanted to, if we want to get funky with it, we could just designate Kingsley Kiki an, an outside guy, but that seems a little ridiculous. Um, off the edge, we've already talked about it, but it's Smith, Smith, Gary, and Fackrell. Smith, Smith, and Gary are dark green. Fackrell's light green, and uh, Gilbert is gone. Linebacker is really a terrible situation, and this may actually be where we're we're adding people because, I, and I don't know the extent of the injuries, and this is going to add some some clarity if we can figure that out. But I've got four. And I only really like one. <laughs> Blake Martinez, I put dark green. There, There is a universe in which he is a light green. This is not that universe. Things are so bad at linebacker right now. Obviously, Blake Martinez is not going anywhere. Now, we, we have added some players, um, but I don't know that necessarily anybody is going to make the team of those recent additions. So I left all of them off, you know, the cornerback from Baltimore, etc., but anyways, I added Burks because I do think he is planning to return, which means we need to carry him on the 53. I added Bolton because I just think he's a guy that the Packers like and want to keep, but he's also injured and may be in the same situation as Burks. I don't know the extent of the injury, but I don't expect him to be ready week one. Hopefully he is, but essentially three of the four guys, or excuse me, two of the four guys that we have out of four, which is already a lot, are, are not even going to be ready week one. And that leaves me with one decision left, and that's either Craw Crawford or Ty Summers, and I went with Crawford because I just I need some kind of security. I know Crawford wasn't the best player in the world, but Ty Summers I just think would be somewhat of a nightmare. And I don't mean that to be insulting. I know a lot of people like Ty Summers. He's shown flashes and all that stuff, and you know, one of my least favorite words ever in football is flashes because it usually denotes a player that's just not very good. It's people talking highly about a, a football player that's bad. And, uh, you know, maybe Ty Summers will, will turn a corner, but right now Ty Summers is not ready. Uh, Crawford, again, not super great, but if, if we just have Martinez and Crawford with Burks and Bolton planning to come back, I think I'm comfortable with it. Uh, the other option, I can't imagine wanting to carry five linebackers, but if we wanted to, we could do all these guys and Ty. And um, with the thought process essentially being, right now we're going to have Martinez, Crawford, and Ty so that we have three, because if we just have two, we're in a lot of trouble, and I don't know what exactly we're going to do. And then when one of these guys, you know, when Bolton comes back, we'll, you know, boot Ty down to practice squad or something. I don't really know. And then when Burks comes back, Burks comes back, and we have four. Maybe we'll get rid of Crawford. I don't really know. 
So I, I hate this situation. I don't like anything about it. I really wish these guys weren't hurt. And again, the extent of the injuries could possibly change this. And maybe Bolton hasn't been all that impressive. Again, according to PFF, he had one good week. And it was overstated how good that week was. And then he's had two really bad weeks after that. It may not be worth giving up a 53 spot if this guy's going to be out three, four, five weeks. Maybe they just are like, this isn't going to work. And he just gets taken off. And then in that case, it's... So in other words, my, my second option here would be Martinez, Burks, Crawford, and Ty Summers. And that actually does make me feel a little bit more comfortable because we have two guys, or three guys starting immediately with Burks essentially coming back. And then it's a question of, do we keep the four or do we boot Ty Summers back down and keep it Martinez, Burks, and Crawford? That actually makes a lot more sense. However, I'm not going to change it. I'm just going to leave it because, I don't know, I, I feel weird taking Bolton off, especially since I don't know the extent of his injury. He may be ready by next week. Apparently he's already up and walking around. So I'm going to leave it, although I hate it. And Burks, Crawford, and Bolton right now are all orange. They're not red, but it's basically like, I, I just, I don't know. It would, in other words, yellow would be kind of shocking if they get cut. None of these guys, if, if they aren't on the 53, would be all that shocking. Burks, maybe. But other than that, eh. At corner, I've got six. I basically just went the easy route and added everybody. Jair, Kevin King, Tremont, Josh Jackson, Tony Brown, and Kadar Holman. Uh, the color coding is, is tough. Uh, Jair, obviously, is dark green. I went King and Jackson as light green. I know people are going to get upset that I put King as light green. Really, the only scenario would be, you know, if they just took him down for the year. Uh, I, I have no indication that his injury is that bad. But that would be sort of the one thing. Uh, Jackson, I mean, I, I can't necessarily think of a scenario in which he gets cut or traded or anything, although a trade could be possible. Again, I think the biggest issue would be that the scheme fit isn't great. So there, it would it would be a, a shocking blockbuster type of trade where, you know, our second-round pick gets traded to somebody for, you know, a linebacker or a running back or whatever, and it would be a relatively talented, hopefully a similar player to Jackson, like a, a guy that was a... 2017 second round pick or something to that effect but again it, it's it's like 99 percent. he's not going anywhere the Packers like him they're developing him it's it's whatever and then yellow I have Tremont Brown and Holman I think Holman could potentially be you know in the orange range just because it wouldn't be all that shocking he would be a practice squad guy for sure he's not getting cut or traded I don't think but um I, I could see them saying he just needs some time he's not ready but again, I, I don't have a, a lack of spots right now. If anything, I have, have too many, which is shocking for a 53. Especially since I feel like I like this roster a lot better. But I think what it is, is the starters I like more than in the past. But there just isn't quite as much depth that I'm, I'm trying to force onto this roster. There, there's just clear drop-offs everywhere. Like, it's just, you get the starters that you want. It's a relatively sufficient amount. And then you just cut off the people that are just... You don't even necessarily want on the team. Now, wide receiver is an exception, obviously, but for the most part, that's the case. And then at safety, I went with Savage and Amos as dark green. Uh, Raven green is light green. That's another 99%. It would have to be some kind of massive blockbuster trade. They love Raven green. He's been probably the best guy through this entire preseason process. I really hope that carries over. And then I kept Ibrahim Campbell after that. Now, this was actually the player that put me at 54. I was right at the end of this whole process. I actually added Trey Matthews because I thought he was impressive, and then I forgot about Ibrahim Campbell, and I'm like, oh, i got to put him on there. So I had Matthews and Campbell. I got to 54, and I was like, all right, I'll just take Trey Matthews off. Matthews has been solid, but we don't really need him, whatever. That would be somebody that might be worth adding to this list, um, but I don't know that we really need that. I think Trey could easily be a practice squad guy. I don't necessarily know if he would get plucked. He He could. I mean, if he's been that legit, if, if the priests, you know, I mean, other guys are watching. I'm, I'm not, I don't have some secret formula called pro football focus. Everybody can see that. Everybody's uh, pro scouts are, are checking out other guys. They can easily go back and watch the game film on them and, and see if they think this is legit. But that is an option. It's just a matter of do we want to carry that many safeties. And it's not that many. It would only be, what, five? It's definitely possible. Um, and then after that, special teams is Scott Crosby and Hunter. Scott and Hunter are dark green. I, I could maybe do light green on Hunter just because I don't think he's necessarily a lock, but there's been no competition. Crosby, I put yellow. I think he's going to win. I hope he wins. I'm not going to be happy if he loses. I'm just not at all going to be happy about that. But um, obviously, it, you can see why it would be yellow, right? It would be shocking, but not not out of left field, not like I never saw that coming. 
So that's essentially it. Now we've got to go back and make some changes. And I'll tell you what, I'm actually going to take somebody else off. I'm actually going to take uh, Mr. Yash Nijman off of this list here. So that gives us two spots. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw a Yash up on uh, on the practice squad. I think with um, Bakhtiari, Balaga, Taylor, Turner, and Lindsley as the starters with Light, uh, McRae, Jenkins, and Madison as backups. Uh, essentially, if a tackle goes down, we've got Alex Light and Billy Turner if a guard goes down, we've got McCray, we've got Jenkins, and we have Madison. And if a center goes down, we've got uh, Madison. So we, we've got the coverage. So the question is now we've got two spots. Um, we could add Kaiser, but I don't want to. We don't need another tight end. We don't need another running back. We might need another fullback, but that's only if we have an injury. Don't need offensive line. If we were to add a defensive lineman... You could look at a guy like Fatal Brown. You could look at a guy like James Looney, possibly. Um, I, I personally really like James Looney. I think keeping him wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I just don't know if I need that many guys. We could add an edge rusher. Again, I just I would like to have that number. I just don't know if we have anybody. I suppose there's always James Fulton, Folston that we uh, just picked up, but uh, I doubt it. Linebacker, again, we could add tie to this list, but I just don't want five linebackers. That's just absurd. Uh, I definitely don't need more corners. I could add one more safety. Definitely don't need special teams. So I'll tell you what, since I have two spots, I'll do everyone a favor, which everyone's going to want me to do, and I will add one more wide receiver. I am going to go Darius Shepard. I understand the argument of Alan Lazard being a, a different body type and bringing a different dimension, but I just, I, I like the idea of having him as a kick returner slash punt returner slash slot receiver. He, he kind of fills a void that a lot of other people don't. You know, you look at Liz, uh, um, Lazard and say, well, he's he's bigger and taller. It's like, we got a lot of those guys. You got a lot of guys that line up on the outside that are tall. We don't have a lot of slot receivers. We don't have really any true slot receivers outside of, of Darius Shepard. We've got guys that can play in the slot, a lot of them. Um, and then as far as special teams, we have Trevor Davis and nobody. And if Trevor gets hurt again, what do we have? Well, now we have Darius Shepard because I just added him. So Shepard makes the squad. I'm not going to do fullback just because I, that would be boring, and I don't want to predict a second fullback on the roster. Um, man, I want another edge rusher bad. I really, really, really do. This just is not good enough. I guess we got to go get Clowney, man. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing else. That's the only, it's the only option. No, I, I don't know, man. we we got to do something here. I'm just not good with Smith, Smith, Gary, and Fackrell. I guess I should be, but I just, I don't like that. I mean, if I'm going to give it to somebody that's earned it, Trey Matthews makes a lot of sense at safety. I just don't know that I need that. Man, oh man, what am I going to do here? I'm not adding any more wide receivers. I'm not doing it. I really don't want to add Kaiser. Not doing running back, not doing fullback, not doing offensive line. So it comes down to defensive tackle, edge rusher, safety, or linebacker. And to be honest, if I'm doing another linebacker, I'm just taking... If, if I put Ty on, I'm taking Bolton off. I'm not doing five. So that kind of defeats the purpose. So we'll just eliminate linebacker. And you can just decide, do you want Bolton or Ty? It's up to you. I don't care. So do we add a fifth safety? Do we add a outside linebacker that is not good? Or do we add a sixth defensive lineman? I'm, I'm really leaning towards sixth defensive lineman. My next pick would be a not good edge rusher. And my final pick would probably be safety, despite the fact that... Probably the best the best player would be a safety. I just don't need five. Not that that would be that outrageous. I just I'm, I'm, it, Part of it is how comfortable I am with the guys we have. You know, throw, throw Trey on the practice squad, have him ready to go. If, if injuries start creeping up, just throw him on the, on the team. We, he's not going to get snacked, snacked. He's not. Nobody's going to take him. Oh, man. And if I add a defensive lineman, it's going to be a loony. If I add an outside linebacker... Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh. I'll just do Looney, man. We we were pretty decimated along the defensive line. We want that heavy rotation. Keep the guys fresh. Keep Kenny Clark going. I thought Looney did a pretty solid job last year. Limited snaps, but even in the regular season, he showed up. So far in the preseason, he's already doing a decent job. He's he's the 11th best player out of 36. He, he's basically doing what he did last year, which is fly under the radar. Nobody's talking about him. Nobody cares about him. He's a solid player. He's not a pass rusher, but um, he's one of the best tacklers on the entire team. Excuse me, no, it's his run defense grade. He's number two behind only Raven Green. 
So, I mean, that's that's just what he is. He's a he's another big guy that you put in the middle, which is beneficial when you got guys like Kingsley Kiki and everything else. Um, and I, you know, again, I, I think we just take guys like Kiki and Rashawn and 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 all those guys, and they place they rotate time outside as defensive ends, and uh, that's just that's what it is. So, you know, am, am I super confident in it? No, but that's kind of just where I'm leaning right now. As far as, you know, things to keep an eye on, obviously if you're looking at quarterback, that's going to be pretty important for the 53. Again, if Boyle comes out and starts and and gets the plurality of the snaps, that's pretty telling that Boyle's the guy. If Kaiser comes out and starts, then it means that week three when Boyle started was just kind of a, you know, we're just mixing it up, but Kaiser's still the guy. And and it it seems like a small thing, but that really is going to be the determining factor for me. Whoever starts, I think, is going to be who the Packers feel is top dog and is probably going to be, or I should say is definitely going to be uh, the top guy. Then it just becomes a question, are we keeping two or three? And I just really think if we keep Kaiser, there's going to be three. Because I think the Packers know full well that Boyle is doing better than Kaiser. And if we're keeping Kaiser, it's because we don't want to cut him. But we also need somebody a little with a little bit more talent like Boyle, and that throws everything off. Uh, wide receivers, I, you know, I think the Packers have a number in mind of how many they're keeping. So it just kind of comes down to which you know, the, the guys that are on the bubble need to perform again, and that's kind of the bottom line. Tight ends, there's nothing really we can we can learn, I don't think. Um, Mercedes Lewis playing a little bit would be kind of beneficial. You know, if he doesn't continue to play, it just, the, the more, the less I hear of him, the more I think he's just not going to make the team, because why am I not hearing his name anywhere? So that would be something interesting is, is he on the field? When is he on the field? You know, he may not even play. I mean, if they sit him, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, if you know you're going to cut him, you're probably not going to play him either, right? I don't know. Uh, running backs, it, it's really just a matter of, you know, again, you know what the order of importance is. It's a matter of how many they're keeping. So it really it just comes down to you want to see progress. You know, Trey Carson making the team has less to do with how good of a football player he is and more to do with how many running backs they're keeping, to be completely honest, because if they're keeping four, I don't think he has a lot of competition. If they're keeping three, he doesn't have a real good shot no matter what. His, his only real shot is if we're keeping three, Dexter's terrible, and he really takes a big step. So it is what it is. Uh, offensive line, tons of battles. You know, I, I had some, some, some red in there. Um, Cole Madison, I think, is very much on the bubble. I think the Packers would like to be able to keep him, but he hasn't def- definitively earned that spot as a, as a versatile backup. So it's a big day for him for light. Uh, McCray, I think, is also somewhat important just because although the Packers like him, I think he's got some value in terms of possibly trading him. I don't really know. But he, he's got to show that he's worth keeping, especially with a lot of younger uh, guys that are trying to essentially prove that they can do his job possibly better. Defensive line, there isn't a ton to to look at here. I'd like to see if Fatal Brown is even going to play this preseason. I have not seen a single stat from him. I don't think he's played at all. Um, I had considered putting him on the list over James Looney, but again, he's done nothing this preseason, and that's not a great sign for him making the squad. Otherwise, again, it just comes down to how many we're keeping. Um, Edge rushers, you know, as I've said, I'd like to see something from somebody because I want to believe we're keeping more than four, but at this particular point in time, I don't think there's anybody, and I know that they have spoken highly of of, uh, Brady Shelton, and that's great, but they also will speak high of just about anybody that you ask about. Linebacker, I'd like to see some clarity on the injuries, to be completely honest. But otherwise, I, I don't really know what there is to see other than, um, you know, for, for Ty's sake, it would be beneficial. I mean, it, it's it's his for the taking. If he can step up and show that he's ready to go, he's going to make the team. It may be temporary if Burks and Bolton come back from injury and, and they like them better. He may be getting the boot. But he has the opportunity to prove to the Packers that we don't need Crawford. I doubt that's going to happen in one preseason game, but it's still going to be important for him to show up and have a really good good game the problem is he's had several not great ones and i don't know how much he can do still do your best i guess corners i I don't you know again it comes down to how many they're keeping there's an order right this is the order and um if we you know if we keep six we're keeping on these guys if we keep five this guy's gone if we keep you know obviously it's not going to be four or whatever but again it comes down to how many we're keeping that really sets things up not so much how well people play however kadar holman i think would be the big one um He's definitely a bubble guy. He could easily be put on the practice squad. I don't think the team loses a whole lot, but um, it's up to him to prove that that's not necessarily the case. At safety, I think Trey Matthews is, is has the most to gain. Um, Save, Savage, Amos, and Green are already on. Trey Matthews is just a matter of, you know, 
if the Packers look at him and say, we just want this guy playing, I want him on my team, I want him on my defense, they'll put him on. You're not going to throw a guy in the practice squad just for numbers sake. And if nothing else, you know, prove that they want you more than Campbell. Um, in special teams, it's, you know, it's, it's the Mason Crosby show. If he comes out and misses kicks, I'm just going to start crying. Hopefully there's field goal opportunities. Hopefully Crosby makes them all and we can just get over this nonsense. And listen, I'm not opposed. I know Crosby's got to go at some point. That's fine. But this, this does not feel like a, a serious effort to unseat him. If you're really going to move on from Crosby, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I know people are going to flip out, draft somebody. Even if you want to just use this, the seventh round pick that we just picked up, fine. Use a seventh round pick and get the, the, you know, essentially use it to get the top undrafted free agent available without having to try to compete to get him. I'm not saying you got to use a second, third, fourth round pick. I just, I just want somebody to take this a little more seriously. And I know a lot of the top kickers are undrafted free. If that's fine, just just make it feel like a more of a real competition. Don't just grab some guy that's been bouncing around from team to team that has never really been any good, that misses a ton of kicks, and then just bring it in and make it seem like, I don't know, man, we might just go ficking because I don't want Crosby. Don't just get rid of Crosby because you want to get rid of Crosby. That is a terrible, terrible idea. Get rid of Crosby because we've got somebody so good that we're not going to miss him. Ficken is not that guy. Don't play games with me like this. Anyways, that be it. Today is officially my Friday. Um, tomorrow we will do a recap of the preseason. As I said, I'm going to be going on vacation. Not only am I going to be gone and not have my computer and just have a laptop that is garbage, I don't know that I'm going to have much internet. We're going to my dad's place down in southern Indiana. He just moved there. They have not installed the internet yet because they are really slow, and I they're kind of out in the boonies, so I don't know how much 4G reception they're getting way down out in the uh, the wilderness. But I'll, I'll do what I can. I mean, if, if it was a less important time of year, I'd probably just say I'll, I'll talk to you on Monday. But I understand how important this stuff is. If nothing else, I'll, I'll just try to record it on my phone and throw it up without without all the intro music and all that garbage. In other words, I will do absolutely everything I can, but I, I just I can't promise much for this weekend. It's going to be very, very difficult. Maybe just a bunch of mini pods. Like, hey, this guy got cut. Talk to you in a little bit. Bye. I don't know. Anyways, enjoy your Thursday, and uh, we get to see finally some Packers and get a very, very busy weekend with cutdowns. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.